Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And uh, we're from the website MindDriver.net, which is the home site of MindDriver Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts. We talk about Doctor Who on this one. We talk about everything else on our other one called The Mind Robbers. Uh, and if you like our shows, you can review them on iTunes because that helps us out, but only if you like them. If you dislike them and you review them, well, you're just being a jerk. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email those to podcast at mindrobber.net. Or if you want to start a discussion with us, then you can add those uh, thoughts and feelings to the comments section on the website. And we will comment back and you will comment back to that and it will be a discussion and it will be a lovely thing. Matt. Yes. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. We're talking about a Doctor Who today, as usual. Yep, yep. Not just today. That's uh, kind of the point of the show. <laughs> oh, hey, how about that? <laughs> For a change of pace, we're going to be talking about Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we're talking about uh, the Smugglers, uh, which uh, is interesting because it's it's uh, it's a first Doctor story uh, with 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 Ben and Polly. But the thing that I think is interesting, at least for me. Um, is that I'm watching this, and when it starts, I realize that I saw I, I, I've watched the episode that pr- like came previously to it, mm-hmm. and then when we get to the end, I realize I've seen the episode after. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I, I I was like, wow! I also didn't know that Ben and Polly came so close to Hartnell's end. Oh yeah, they're right there. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty uh, insane. So yeah, smugglers doesn't exist. Uh, Does not exist. Pirates. Yes, Doctor. It's uh, it's basically Doctor Who and the pirates. If you wanted to put a really gross label on it, um, <laughs> the smugglers. It's the kickoff to season four, which is that's the season four of the original series. Which, by the way, just to let you know, in the history of Doctor Who, uh, by this point, Doctor Who's been on for three years, which is about a long community has been on the air so just a grain of salt or or take for that what you will because sometimes i forget that doctor who was on the air for like 26 years and people were like it was canceled and i'm like eh, 26 is a really long time you guys like <laughs> can you imagine a series going on for 26 years in this day and age i mean law and order went on for like almost 20 or it hit 20 i don't remember um doctor who was on for 26 years but this yes this is a kickoff to season four of um of a uh, Doctor Who, and it's called The Smugglers, which is basically a pirate story. Uh, it's written by Brian Hales, who had previously written the abysmal Celestial Toymaker, um, but was also rewritten. But he also kind of wrote it, and it's kind of a nightmare. Um, so it's written by him. He also would go on to do all of the Ice Warrior stories in the classic series. That's Ice Warrior Seeds Death uh, and the Curse of Monster Peladon. Um, but this is uh, this decidedly different. It was it was slopped together really fast because they needed something to shoot at the end of season at the end of the third production block. Um, what Doctor Who would do back in the day, what they would sh- is they would shoot the entire season and then shoot uh, another couple stories ahead um, just to just to get ahead of it ahead uh, so that when they came back they could have a little bit more leeway um, and they could take a slightly longer break. Um, for the first season, it was. Um, Planet of Giants and Dalek Invasion of Earth were shot before the end of the first production block. In this case, um, this is basically the tail end of season three, but it's also a kickoff to season four, um, uh, which is why Hartnell kind of leaves, quote unquote, in the middle of a season. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that more in the 10th planet when we get there. I don't know when we're getting there. Don't ask. Um, 
because I don't know the numbers. Um, but that's uh, that's that's the smugglers. Um, it, it, I will also point out it's directed by uh, Julia Smith, who uh, didn't really direct anything else from Doctor Who except she did direct the Underwater Menace. So she's really good at stuff that's frenetic and insane, which means that she would probably be really good at directing this um, because this is pretty frenetic and insane. Um, This is also the last Mm -hmm. regular Hartnell story uh, in the 10th planet. As we've discussed, maybe, or as you probably would know, uh, he regenerates. So this is like the last real Hartnell adventure, and it's one of the last historicals. Um, the only other one that ex- that would be in the black and white era would be the Highlanders, which is coming in the next season, and blah, 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 blah. It's the, last, uh, it's the last regular Hartnell story and the first Ben and Polly story. Yeah, after yeah. War Machines, yes. Well, like, War Machines a, doesn't a, count. They're not companions. Right. Yeah, it's like counting uh, 11th Hour as an Amy Pond story, if that makes sense. Um yeah. Right. Technically, mm-hmm. technically, War Machines is a dodo story. Technically. <laughs> guys, guys, she got so much play in that, and they really brought her <laughs> circle. So, I mean, what's not to love? What's uh, not to well, uh, before we that talk joke about is this. never getting old, by the way. It's never God, getting old. It's so. She just leaves. She just. Yeah. She just leaves. Uh, before we talk about the smugglers, it's a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase our book of the month, Black Sad, Volume 1, by Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo Guarnido. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Uh, it's available for sixteen forty nine, which is 45% off the suggested retail price of forty nine ninety nine. dollars uh, It is... Uh, it is a, uh, uh, forty nine ninety nine is not right. It's, I think it's twenty nine ninety nine is what it should be. No. Uh, hey, how about that? Um, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a noir mystery with like a detective, like solving a murder and, and all that. And it's really like a callback to noir stuff, except that, uh, all the characters are animals. Which is nice. Yeah. It's uh like a like a big panther guy and like like he's like a he's like a guy and but he's a panther and he smokes and he wears a trench coat. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. it's like a bug's life. Bug's life, not nearly as interesting if they're not bugs. Just saying. Well, just saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. So links to InStockTrades.com and uh, check out our December book of the month, Black Sad Volume One. All right, so now the smugglers. Uh, this is I don't really I didn't know anything about this. Uh, once it got started, I, I I remembered you saying that it had something to do with pirates. Um, <laughs> but 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 like when it for just first started, like I didn't really know anything about it. But I have to say, uh, this is kind of like the best first companion adventure uh i think there is because like i just love the fact that ben and polly like they 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 sneak on board the tardis and then we do a show about pirates smuggling things and i'm like man that is thematically relevant like (laughs) i i I just like wow that's uh that's actually pretty good i like that um, so, so like, I like all that. And I love the fact that like, right at the beginning, when they walk onto the TARDIS, like they, you see the previously on thing and they show that and it's the end of the war games where they, uh, they sneak onto the TARDIS, but you never got to see anything after that. Cause that's where the episode ended. Uh, but this one, this, then this one, like right after we come out of the credits, they're like, they're like, you know, wondering at the TARDIS, uh, the size, the inside, the size of the inside of the TARDIS. And then the doctor just shows up and he's just like, hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I was just like, wow, uh, the doctor kind of went urban there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't really like these, uh, these people sneaking onto his TARDIS. <laughs> Yeah, he's really he's really angry about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if someone if someone just barged into my home and was just like, "Wow, this place is really cool." I would probably be like, "Hey, what up?" Mm-hmm. So, 
Mm-hmm. It's not an so uh they get on just in time for like the the TARDIS to take off so then that's how they get stuck because the doctor is like i can't control where we're going and they're like they're like what do you mean you can't control and he's just like i don't have time for this <laughs> and he's like you guys are companions now whether you like it or not <laughs> we're going guys we're going <laughs> and that's how ben and polly became companions Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so they they land on a beach, uh, and they eventually they figure out that they're in the 1700s. But the guy, the first guy that they talk to, which is the guy that's like, "Well, you can't stay with me because uh, that would be messed up. I don't know you people, uh, but I'll give you some food." <laughs> that guy. He reminded me of Quint from Jaws. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Heavy drinker, I, but you never I, I, see him drinking, but he but he always smells like alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And he was kind of surly, like Quint. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was glorious. It was like getting Quint into a, a Doctor Who story. It was phenomenal. Uh, so he's basically like, hey, so, uh, you know, you guys seem pretty okay. I still don't trust you. Uh, but you should know that no one is going to like you in this town. No one. Because, <laughs> because you're strangers and we don't like strangers. And they're like, well, that's unfortunate. Maybe you can point us in the direction in an inn. He's like, yeah, sure, it's here, but they're not going to like you either. So they go to this inn and the guy's just like, yeah, we, I don't like strangers. <laughs> and I'm just like... How do you get any business? <laughs> You're an inn. That is the worst business strategy for an inn. I only take customers I know. Well, they're gonna yeah. go out of business pretty quick. Yeah, it's not. It's not the best. The best business logic at all. No. <laughs> Uh yeah, you so to, you go to like the Motel Six in the middle of nowhere, and the guy's just like, "Ooh, I don't know you, man." And I only read. Yeah. <laughs> There's like ten people in this town. He's like, I know, but you could mess up my room. <laughs> uh, we're we're a not for profit organization, so I don't really care. <laughs> it's fine. Government I just want to, my friend. Government government grants. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, they get a room and everything, and, like, and then I, I just, I just had to talk about those early things, because, man, like, that first episode is just so funny, because it's just, like, the doctor is just, he's kind, he's, like, more of a curmudgeon than I've, I've ever seen, I think. <laughs> and everybody is just, like, we don't like strangers, and it's just, it's very strange, and I wanted to yeah. talk about it. But it, we, we, uh, we move on and we go, we go on to uh, getting onto a, a pirate ship and, and, and Ben and Polly are, are captive and the doctor is talking to the captain and trying to win him over uh, and everything. And the captain kind of reminds me of Mickey Rourke a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little Mickey Rourke ish, uh, especially Mickey Rourke in, um, in, uh, he's like, you know what he is? He's like a combination of like Mickey Rourke and Iron Man Two, and the uh, the 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 guy from Game of Thrones, the the one that has the Khaleesi as his wife or whatever. Oh, uh, Khal Drogo. Yeah, Khal Drogo. That's what it looks like to me. That's that's what you're <laughs> reminding me of. It was a combination of those two. So so the the captain is just like, yeah, no, I trust this guy. He amuses me. It's pretty good. And everybody else is just like, no, don't trust him. There's a lot of trust issues going on. Uh, <laughs> but but we eventually, we, we you know, the, basically what happens is the pirates are like, hey, we need s- s- stuff to smuggle because we're pirates and that's what we do. And the doctor's like, hey, I know a place we can smuggle some stuff. And they're like, okay. So then they go and they find the stuff and then they fight with the guy with the crazy eyes. Uh, and the reason I say it's crazy eyes is because every screen cap that we have of him in the reconstruction, he's got crazy eyes. Uh, <laughs> the bald guy. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And he's stabbing everybody in the back like that's his move. <laughs> oh my uh, god. There's so much stabbing in the back in this. I'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many is there? Three, right? At, at least three. At, at least, least three. And it's all him. Like it's. Yeah. 
That's just his move. He stabs people in the back, and then they slowly turn around. That's what happens. Which, uh, I'll be honest. If you're going to be a guy who stabs people, uh, you're the guy who stabs people in the back, not the best guy to be. Like, not the best guy to be, because <laughs> you're really just wearing your heart on your sleeve at that point. Like, it's just, you're just, who are you? I'm, I'm the guy who stabs people in the back, man. <sighs> so move. should I trust you? Sure, should That's... I trust you, or... It's up it's to my you, move. Essay. Well, you Both know. physically and emotionally. <laughs> Jerry, I thought we were going to eat lunch together. Yeah, but I met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's that's what uh, pirates do on their off time. Yeah, so there's uh, basically it's a bunch of pirates and they're fighting over the booty. Uh, and uh, the doctor uh, ends up getting them away and, and they, they leave. Uh, yeah, but it's, I mean that's that's basically it. It's just a lot of betrayal and and it's it's a straight up pirate story. Uh, there's no like sci-fi elements to it really, other than mm-hmm. the fact that they're you know time travelers. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's pretty good because you know the story isn't like phenomenal or anything, but the characters are a lot of fun because mm-hmm. uh, they're just so over the top and silly, especially Crazy Eyes and Quint. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, I just, I had a lot of fun watching this a lot more fun than I, uh, uh, I would have thought from a reconstruction. I think it's, I think it's been my, I think it's the most entertaining reconstruction next to, uh, 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 the Dalek story we watched. Um, evil of the Daleks. Yeah. yeah evil of the Daleks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the thing about this is, like, it's really action-packed. Like, there's a lot of action, especially once you get out of the first, like, two-ish episodes. Like, once yeah. you get about episode four, it's basically just, like, relentless action pacing. Like, yeah. so many people getting stabbed, so many people running around like crazy. I think in um in Running Through Quarters, Robert Sherman said, this w- suffers from you not being able to see it, and if I could see an episode, like, this is one of those ones that I'm like, I wish I could see this story, because I think it would, this would be really popular if it existed. I think it would be really, really popular. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. Because the problem, the biggest problem with it, where you can Reconstruction is like uh, obviously it's just a bunch of still images, but even the still images we don't have a lot of action shots in the still images. So what we end up with is uh, a bunch of like uh, talking headshots that it's like un- it's like slowly zooming into their ear, um, which is weird. <laughs> it's never their eyes; it's always just like their ear or like part of their hair. Or something <laughs> like <laughs> it's really weird. Like for the, what I mean by the zooming in for those of you who have never watched a reconstruction, it's sort of like have you ever watched like Twenty Twenty or one of those news magazine st- shows? Uh, and and you'll see like a photograph, and they can't just show the photograph still because that would be boring. So they do that weird digital zoom in thing. That's what the reconstructions mm-hmm. do, uh, except that they don't find a good place to center. On <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's very crude editing. Um, yeah, the the reconstructions are always very crudely edited, which is um it's unfortunate because it definitely t- turns it off. But it's like, well, what can you do? Like, what can yeah. you do? And we who have does it these? Just uh, people find them. Like uh, the original reconstructions were actually um uh done by a prop- by a company called Loose Cannon in the late nineties. I think the mid and late nineties they did Loose Cannon, but they didn't have narration. They had a scrolling text bar. Um, which is really frustrating to me because I hate reading while people are talking. Um, yeah. Especially because, yeah, I mean, I hate subtitles as is, but it can imagine reading, you know, some people are having a conversation and then it has a little black bar that says the doctor walks across the room and it's like, I don't, I don't care. I don't need to know that. Um, <laughs> but what, what, what we're watching is uh, loose cannon does reconstructions. They did reconstructions. They were very low quality and they were, um, <sighs> people people find them <laughs> we'll say um and then other people took it upon themselves to make stuff that was slightly more quality so they basically ripped out all of the still images uh and then just put them together and then layered the um the actual narrated soundtrack over them so that's what we're watching they also will tack on bookends like a previously on and a next time on which is why they get the 10th planet here and uh the war machines at the top, I don't know if the War Machines thing aired like that, um, but loose the 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 as they're called HD reconstructions. Um, 
do put like a previously on and a next time on. I guess because they put so much work into it, why not? Yeah, no, I I, I don't mind it. I like it. I think it's cool. But uh, yeah. maybe they should have picked a better name because an HD reconstruction. This is not. No, it's not. It's not in high definition at all. No, um, maybe they should have thought of a better name. Yeah, they probably should have. They probably <laughs> should have. Um, but no, but, but no. Yes, the smugglers itself is. Um, it's really, it's really delightful. And and the fourth episode, I think, really suffers. Um, I mean, I I really enjoy the fourth episode, but it definitely suffers. I mean, Sherman himself was like, what was it? They're basically just throwing stuntmen at the screen at this point, where like a stuntman will die, get up, run off camera, change his clothes really fast, then run up and die again. Like that's that's basically Amazing. probably what happened here. Um. Yeah, this is one I would love to see animated, honestly. Oh, absolutely. And go over, like, gangbusters, because kids love animation, um, and they love pirates, um, and it would go, I think it would go over really well, I agree. Um, yeah, it's on the, it's on the short list for animation. I, I think that the one thing that I need to mention, because other people have mentioned it, and I guess I just don't pay enough attention, but, um... In this story, there's a lot made about Avery's gold and Avery's treasure. The Avery that they're talking about is actually the captain from Curse of the Black Spot. So the Curse of the Black Spot is like a sequel prequel to this. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just a little fan wank moment um, where that ties into this story in a little bit. And so what they're the treasure they're going after is actually the treasure of the captain from that story. It's not something you need to know. I just thought it was a cool little cool little tidbit. Um, that is nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I wish yeah. that story was better. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'll be honest. I think this one actually um this one actually does it does it does it better than uh, that pirate story does, which is which is surprising because the other pirate story has, you know, cool sci-fi elements which you know make things cooler sometimes so eh, happens i suppose happens yeah Yeah. Uh, um uh, and i guess the uh, the other thing i'll mention just because it's really weird to me um is the guy who plays the squire who's that big guy with the kind of raspy voice Mm -hmm. um is also in the mutants and in the mutants he has a um like a buzz cut because he's the governor of this space station the mutants by the way Awful. Worst part we story ever by a country mile. Um, in this, he has this ridiculous, like, 18th century wig, and it makes me laugh because it's not how I imagine him in my face, in my, in my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just – he looks like uh, – he looks like a, a, a retired musketeer who's gotten lazy. <laughs> and really loves creme brulee. Like, really loves it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, really fun, good pirates, um, good excitement. I also, oh, the the other thing I wanted to mention, because you mentioned this earlier, but I guess I want to reiterate it. The thing about Hartnell that I love in this story is that he clearly doesn't think that he has companions, (laughs) because he just goes off for, like, three episodes by himself, like, almost forgets about Ben and Polly, and Ben and Polly have to spend the whole time just like, we have to get back to the doctor, we have to get back to the doctor, and the doctor, like, shows up again and is like, oh, Hey guys, like what's up? Oh, when he's right. On the pirate ship, like, yeah, <laughs> I have companions. Because, right, because when he's on the pirate ship, he's just like he doesn't seem to care. He's just like off on another adventure, but by himself. So he's grumpy, and he just keeps forgetting that Ben and Polly are around. It's just it just makes me laugh because um, uh. it's so it's so insane. And these guys are going to be the people who watch him regenerate for the first time. Um, uh. eh, it's funny. <laughs> Speaking of things that make me grumpy, uh, let's talk about the next episode, uh, the the episode, the, our, our revisit of Series 5, um, The Hungry Earth, Cold Blood. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, uh, anything you can get from local comic book shop. You can pre-order from DCBService.com. Uh, with the monthly discount specials up to 75% off, uh, there are, uh, lots of bundles. Like there's, there's always a, a Marvel now bundle for the next few months. There's a, there's Marvel now bundles that are 50% off, uh, and then regular discounts are 40% off. Ship as often as you like, with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping, so thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so uh, The Hungry Earth Cold Blood. 
I have so many problems with this story, mostly because, like, I think my biggest issue is that I really like the 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 woman and the guy like the two drillers at the beginning of the story mm-hmm. i love them love them wish that's all that was in this because uh, i don't like the other human characters <laughs> at all um i don't i i i also don't like stories uh, about like i guess my my I have a, a big problem with the doctor in this because uh, the doctor's reasoning is sound, but 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 he's unable to see through what he believes is his reasoning. Like he says, you know, oh, but you know, you can't be mad at them because you know you were drilling into their place, so like you know they're just uh, they have just enough. Just a, a, as much right to be angry with with humans as uh, you are to be angry with them. So, like, let's just you know, let's just chill out. It's fine. They're they're fine. They're just like you. And then they get a Salarian up there, and like none of the none of the Salarians can be freaking w- reasoned with at all. They're just like racist, <laughs> awful, evil things. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like the Doctor should be like okay well obviously you can't be reasoned with so never mind but mm-hmm. he doesn't get it uh and it's frustrating sure um uh, i guess my counterpoint to that would be the silurians i mean uh, for those who don't know um and i can't imagine it's many um the silurians who appear in this uh this is a quote-unquote sequel to a, uh, a much earlier John Pertwee story called Doctor Who and the Silurians, or as I like to call it, the Silurians, because that's what it would have been called. Um, the thing about the Silurians that makes it really impactful is that no matter what the Doctor does, he is actually uh, – what's the phrase? He is he is complicit in genocide. At the end of the Silurians, the Brigadier – basically just mass murders a whole bunch of sleeping Silurians and steals these caves because they are a threat to England and the world. Um, and every time that the doctor goes up against the Silurians again, and he does a couple of times, he goes up against them in sea devils, which is te- they're technically cousins, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> Warriors of the Deep, and here, I've, I always see the Doctors trying to atone for that sin. He's always willing to go a little bit more leniently against the Silurians because he sees where they're coming from, and he feels guilty for, you know, not being able to stop the mass genocide of a whole bunch of them. Um, so I get, I get it from that perspective, but I think that you're right because there is a lot of, like, there is a lot of, like, the Silurians really do see things too much in black and white, and there is a lot of argument arguing where there doesn't really need to be arguing. Where like, yeah, know, it's just like it's like an example of Chris Chibnall being like, "This is my version of drama," and you're like, "Eh, this isn't <laughs> drama. This is just people arguing." Uh, yeah, and and it's just it's like it's not it's not dramatic. It's just frustrating, and it it just makes me angry while I watch it mm-hmm. and gives me not fun feelings. Yeah, because and I think because the problem is that like what makes it what makes drama is that when the two characters are coming at opposing sides and you can see both both points. Here, I don't see the Salarians' points because they're just being racist and awful. Mm-hmm. If they were being mm-hmm. like the Doctor is saying, where they're like, "We were here first. I'm like, "That was their reasoning." They're like, "This is our planet because we were here first. And then the humans were like, "Yeah, but we've been here." You know, we we've been here ever since you left, which was which is arguably longer than you were ever here to begin with. Like, then that becomes dramatic. That's that's interesting because you can see both sides. But in this case, it's just like the humans are like like, hey, you know, like it's uh, you know, it, we we can work this out. It's fine. And the Salarians are like, no, we're just gonna kill you because you're 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 dirty apes and you're you're awful and we hate all of you and you're all evil. And so we're gonna kill you all because we're not evil. You are. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's very um. It's very like no. This is our planet. Which yeah. I understand. As I understand as a as a as a as a theory, but this is also like you kind of abdicated your planet when you went underground and you've been underground for like millions of years. A lot's gone down since then. 
Yeah. <laughs> be a little bit more understanding. Uh, be a little bit more realize that you're Rip Van Winkle. You're not just you didn't just wake up tomorrow. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Um, exactly. And, and that's and and I I completely agree. I I will mention I think that's more egregious in the second episode because once the once they hit the Silurian city this is really not watchable i mean it's watchable but it's very much like ah it gets so bored um, yeah whereas i feel like the first episode is really mysterious and uh, exciting i mean i i don't i hesitate to use the word claustrophobic because there's no confined like sort of spaces there's the space bubble which i kind of want to talk about but I really quite I quite like the first episode of this. I mean, it's not perfect. It's very um it's very dragged out. Um <laughs> very slow, but it also has a lot of good stuff in it. Um mm-hmm. that I that I quite enjoy. Um but yeah, the second episode of this is really 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 not good. And I, you can almost peg it from the second they show an image of the earth and then they start with a voiceover and you're just like, "Oh, ouch." Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I hated that voiceover. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I'll i give them this. Whoever did the art direction on the second episode was great. Because uh, yes. I, yes. I think the Silurian city looks phenomenal. Um, yes. Every every hallway, every, every uh, uh, like, room that they go into, like, it all looks fantastic. Um, so I'll, I'll give them that. It's just the episode itself is sucks and also i i i I think it's uh i want to point this out that the uh the 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 room that the uh sort of the the climax happens like the emotional climax where you've got all of the characters in the room and like some are staying behind and some are leaving and and uh and and the salarian doctor scientist nazi scientist guy is like uh you know, uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, go to sleep, and then when we but when we wake up, like you know, y- you guys will have s- set up the earth for our return, and every everything will be peaceful and it'll be great. That in that room, that is the same same room as the room in in Flesh and Stone. <laughs> it is the exact same room, just redressed. Like they not even redressed much. Like they just they. <laughs> They put up. They put up leaves, uh, <laughs> like leaves and rocks. Like even the panel is the same. Yeah, and it's in the same place. It's, in this, it's incredible. And there's a there's a view a giant a giant computer monitor where the uh, where the blue screen was for the uh, for the trees. Like it's exactly the same room. It's kind of messed up. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe try a little harder when you guys redesign sets, <laughs> just a little. Um, well, but it's uh, it's it's uh, yeah, no, it's a really boring episode. I I but uh, again, like I I'm just so I can almost forgive it because I'm like so enamored with the freaking sets. It's go it's gorgeous looking. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I don't, and I, I don't, I don't like the Silurians. Where did I did do I did I miss something? Where did the Silurian uh girl, the Silurian lady that's like returning in in the Christmas special, where where did she come from? I thought she was from this two parter. Is she not? No, she's from uh, Good Man Goes to War. She's that one. No, no, no! I know she's in Good Man Goes to War, but when he gets oh. her in Good Man Goes to War, it's it's like uh, suggested that they know each other, and I assumed it was from this episode. Is it not? I don't think it's from this episode, um, especially because this takes this episode takes place in 2020, and the one from Good Man Goes to War. Uh, I mean, clearly that's Jack the Ripper, 19th century. So yeah, that's I so weird. That, yeah, I think that that one that Silurian just woke up early and then went above ground or something i, I don't well, know maybe they'll answer it maybe not okay maybe not. all right fair enough <laughs> uh yeah no i uh i don't i you know i i don't hate this it's just not something that i'm gonna watch ever <laughs> you know like it's it's like there's never gonna be a time where i'm gonna be like i'm in the mood for that silurian two-parter from series five no that's not gonna happen yeah, it's not um it's not it's not very good. Well, oh, okay. I just looked it up. She was actually um it's the same actress. It's just a different character. So, oh. 
Because she played all the female Silurians in this. Um, okay, that explains it. <laughs> so that's why that's why she seems familiar. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I agree. It's just not a. It's just not very. It's just not interesting. It, and and I think it's one of those things where. No one's ever really done a Silur. I mean, every Silurian story is basically exactly the same. I've said before that I listened to... I watched the Silurians, the original one. I watched this, and I listened to the Big Finish play um, uh, Blood Tide, which is a basically Charles Darwin meeting Silurians um, with the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn. And, and all oh, stories I've heard are basically that. the same. Hmm? I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, you you have. The, oh, uh, yeah. I remember s- that now. Yeah. Yeah. It's got it's the exactly single best the same. line. Yeah, it's got it's got this single best line reading by any alien in Doctor Who ever. Um, uh, where Silurian just says what? It's amazing. Um, oh yeah, no, oh my god, that was so good. Oh god, I forgot about that. I want to make that my ringtone. Um, but <laughs> but the um the thing about it is like the Silurian the origin story. I mean, I really like the origin story of the Silurians. It's clever. It's about a bunch of reptiles who went underground because they they thought that the earth was going to be destroyed. They were mistaken and they basically went into hibernation and they're sleeping under our feet. I like that idea. The problem is that no one's ever done anything new or original with it and every time that they come back it is um it's just a law of diminishing returns. The Sea Devils is pretty good, but uh, the Silurians, everything is just chasing the Silurians at this point, um, and that's a bummer. But, like, this, the key piece of this is, like, Moffat says, oh, we have a budget now. We can go down into the Silurian city and show a lot of Silurians, but <laughs> that, there's, not, there's not anything to do. And even the part where Amy and What's-Her-Name are talking with the Silurian leader is just really boring. Like, it's really boring. I don't watch Doctor Who to see contract negotiations or whatever. Um, as we'll see in Ambassadors of Death, that's clearly... that Like, it's not something that I yeah. want to see. This isn't Star um, Trek. Come on. No, it's not. The closest I want to negotiations is Curse of Peladin, even then there's, like, next no negotiations in Peladin. Well, um, they get distracted by a murder mystery. Right, exactly. Which is You know key. what? Like, if this was a- you know what? Curse of Paladin, uh, not so unlike uh, Undiscovered Country. No, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Came first. Not so much. Huh. Well, Curse of Paladin is also totally like a Star Trek plot. It's absolutely a Star Trek plot. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, that's something else I wanted to mention about this is despite. I'm not, you know, really. I mean, I, I guess now that you point that out, I, I'm understanding what the doctor's motivation is. Although I do think that he sticks to his guns a little too long. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I do, I do really love Matt Smith in this. Yes. Yes. Like that scene where he pulls out the chair. Ugh. <laughs> love that scene i like i i just i that scene he was playing that scene i was just watching it i'm like you in this episode at least in this episode you are the perfect amalgam of patrick Troughton and john pertwee yeah oh yeah. yeah so good it's, it, he is he's really good in this and i think the thing about it is like there's a lot of episodes in this season that are big on the conceit or what have you. This is basically about as close as this season comes to having a ridiculously average Doctor Who adventure. Um, or not average, but just bog standard. And I think that, like, when it's a bog standard Doctor Who adventure, that's the chance for the Doctor to shine. And he is – he's on fire in this. Yeah. Um, and, and you can – and, like – I don't want. I don't want. I don't know if we're ready to go into it yet. But Karen Gillan, especially at the end, is on fire as well. Um, oh yeah. And watching the and watching the two of them play off of each other, um, is 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 really amazing. And I love. And I. I mean, that's the thing that goes back for me. That goes back to when I originally watched this. Is like Matt Smith and other people pointed this out when it came out. But Matt Smith really brings out the history of the Doctor with the Silurians in this, and you can tell that it's weighing on him, and he's not coming at it as an impartial viewer, um, which is really, really, really excellent. Um, no, I love, I love him in this. He's, he's brilliant. He's really, really, really brilliant. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about that ending because like I, uh, suggested last week, uh, I don't, I don't understand how she doesn't remember him. 
Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. If she's remembering all the people, all the people walking into the crack, all the soldiers walking into the crack when no one else does. And the doctor says it's because you travel in time now. So you're outside of the cracks influence. Then why is it that when Rory goes into the crack, she stops remembering him? I think according to what the doctor says in this, and it's one of those things where it's just like shady science because it's all made up so they can basically say whatever they want. But the idea is that when she, when those clerics were wiped from existence um, in uh, flesh and stone by the crack, Amy was able to remember them because she was not of their time. She was displaced and had a, an outside perspective on them. When Rory disappears from the crack, the idea is that Amy's timeline is entwined with Rory's in such a way that it manages to uh, wipe him from hers, uh, if that makes sense. Because right. this is something that directly affects her entire life. Um, All right. And well, as a result, enough. yeah, it, it, it doesn't hold. <laughs> like, it kind of doesn't hold. But it it's one of those silly things where it's like, you can almost forgive the conceit because it gets them to really interesting places. Later. Right. And, um, and I, 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 and no, you know what? That's fine. There, there's a reason for it. It's a sci-fi show. None of this shit's real anyway. So, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's fine. That, that works for me. As long as there's a reason behind it, I'm fine. Let it be known. I will accept silly things. It's fine. As long as it makes sense. That's all that I want. <laughs> That's all that I want. As long as it even, as long as it just makes some sense, it's fine. That's fine. Yes. No, no, mm-hmm. you're, that that's fine. I still don't like that he dies in this right after dying in uh, in the last story, but um, yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Because yeah, um. I, I, it's just it's. I guess the problem with that is like I mean we talked about it last week, but. I mean, he didn't. It, the episode would have been better if he didn't die in the other story. Um, so, and then it, as a result, this would have been like hard. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, but the, really hard. Yeah, really hard. But the problem was like, you know, we already went through that emotion in, in just like the last story. Uh, no, it wasn't real, but it felt real at the time as as the audience and and as a thing that Amy was going through. So, doing it again here is, uh, you know, I think it uh, steals some of its thunder. I really do. Well, you know what it honestly reminds me of now that you mentioned that because because you're right. The first time I watched this, like I was, I think I was watching this with Cassandra, um, mm-hmm. and and she was really affected by Rory's death, whereas. I was like, oh, I guess I didn't really know him that well, and he died in the last one. It never really affected me, and it still kind of doesn't. The stuff that gets me in this is always Dr. Amy um, and her screaming at him, which is like, I mean, uh, talk about Karen Gillan trying. Like, like she, it almost makes her look dead in the last series that they did, um, the last five episodes. The problem with it is it's the same problem that we, I had with uh, Angels Take Manhattan, which is that Rory dies three times in the last – 15 minutes of that story um and and i mean that that's a really accelerated version of here you're absolutely right it's just it's too much it's just too much um because i already went through it and i'm like now desensitized to it because now it's hitting farcical levels um and it's one of those things that i honestly forget because they really go back on it later yeah (laughs) i mean not before getting to really interesting places but I always forget that this happens at the end of this, at the end of the story. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a thing too, where it's like, you know, I, I don't want people to misunderstand me. I have no problem with it happening in this episode. It has nothing to do with it happening in this episode that I'm ha- that uh, the issue that I'm having. My issue is that it happens in the previous episode. Uh, if it didn't happen there, it would have made this one so much better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because yeah. what a because what a gut punch! I mean, the yeah. death of a companion like this is the first companion death in uh, this is 2010, uh, almost 20 years, almost. I yep. Think? No, almost. Yeah, almost 20 years. Um, did I do that math right? I did. No, almost 30, 30 years. Sorry, almost 30. Years. Yeah, 30, 30, 30. <laughs> right. So 
<laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Um, and it and it's completely undercut by, um, by Amy's choice. Uh, which is, I mean, it's 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 almost fine, especially because like when we're watching it, it was like it was like. I remember watching this the first time and just being like, wow, so they really kind of went there. Like, how is this going to play out? Like, what's going to happen next? I don't really know. And, like, I was – I mean, spoilers for Pandorica Opens Big Bang. Like, I was not expecting him to come back at all. Um, so when he did, it was, like, legitimately surprising. Um, yeah. And that's, like – I mean, it, it is something. But it doesn't have the effect that I wanted it to be. I mean, partially also because he only showed up. I mean, I'd forgotten about him after the 11th hour. Um uh, so like he was in what Vampires of Venice, Amy's Choice, Hungry Earth. So he dies in his fifth episode, which is not a whole lot of time. I mean, Adric had a whole season before he was, you know, whacked. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it's unfortunate. It's not. I mean, it's not quite played as well um, as it could have been, but it is still affecting, which I like, and it does get them to really interesting places and. While we're on the subject of really interesting places, I was reminded, um, or not reminded, I guess, but I just had a, I, for some reason I had a really deep appreciation for this now that I didn't have before. Um, the first time I watched this, I didn't, when the doctor pulls out that piece of, that shrapnel of TARDIS, um, I was like, I was like, oh, that's, a, that's an interesting choice. I don't know if I buy that the TARDIS is going to explode. Knowing what I know now, um... <laughs> The ending of this episode is so dark. Like, it's so dark and foreboding, and it makes me, like, I'm dying to continue. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, so no, I, I agree. I, I just wish the stupid narration wasn't there to ruin the moment. Oh, yeah. Like, why do I care about the the thousand, um, the, the, what happens a thousand years from right now when the doctor pulls out? Yeah, well, not only that, but, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like,. How what how does the how does the Silurian Nazi scientist doctor know what happens? I don't know. Like he's he's know. like he's like oh you, you know he paid such a heavy price and and it was just the first of many things and I was like how do you know when does he see you again come on <laughs> fair, fair point fair point like can you imagine if that was just like a quiet moment. Like instead of yeah. going for pure bombast, like Ugh. the doctor just just sees Amy is just like God, and then pulls out the piece and then holds it up, and then it just ends on his face on like a nice musical note of just like not like big bombast, but just quiet, like oh my god, like yeah, oh intense, um, really intense, and I know that's a nitpick, but again, nitpicks are what happen when you have something that's really good, um, yeah. And the and the last ten minutes of this are really really excellent. Yeah. Um, God, watching Karen Gillan scream at the doctor and saying we have to go back is so heartbreaking. Oh yeah, so heartbreaking. Oh, oh my yeah. God, I'm so excited for Vincent and the Doctor next week. You guys, I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, next week, uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Looking forward to that. Uh, also, another story. Uh, all right, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Uh, time lash. We're talking about time yeah. lash. I don't time know lash. what to expect. I don't know. I I don't want to know what to expect. I just want to go in and get it over with. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is so sad because well, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's. Oh, I didn't do it for the blog. Uh, so this will be my second time going back and watching it. Uh, I, I I could say stuff to prep you, but we'll just we'll just we'll just see how this one plays. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's one of the three lowest rated Doctor Who stories of all time in that one big Doctor Who poll that they did back in 2009, I think. Right when Planet of the Dead aired, and they had 200 stories to work with. This is one of the three that came in the bottom three. I don't remember where it plays, but it was this Twin Dilemma and um, Time in the Ronnie. So that's something oh to look forward my god. To. Yeah, so... Well, you know, that was a really strong era for the show, so... (laughs) I love that they're all from, like, the same two-year period. Like, good God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty insane. Season... Technically season 21, season 22, and season 24. Like, bam. That's That's bad. 
That's your bottom three right there. And that's not even counting the other stories of their seasons. That's just saying that's the bottom, that's the lowest rated Doctor Who stories of all time. And normally I'm pretty redemptive about the readings of Doctor Who stories, like Gunfighters, Web Planet. There's no redeeming time lash. There's no redeeming time lash. <laughs> it is, it, 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 it starts bad and it just gets worse. Oh man, I'm I I like I have no idea what it's about. I don't know anything about it, so I'm uh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah should be fun. Yeah. Should be fun. Uh, <laughs> all right, time lash Vincent of the doctor next week. Uh, I'll definitely be watching time lash first. <laughs> oh, got to start with the bad and then treat uh, Vincent and the doctor. That is a hell of a reward. Like yeah, a hell of a reward. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. Here's my question, because uh, I know what my answer is. We'll see what you think. Hungry Earth, Cold Blood. Uh, better or worse than Victory of the Daleks? Um, I say better. I say better, but I, only slightly better. I think Victory of the Daleks is the worst episode of the season. Yeah, I, I would I would have to agree. Um, I mean, I was, part of my argument would be there's more of Hungry Earth Cold Blood that I can, like, really enjoy and sink my teeth into. I love the the ambiance of when the power goes out um, uh-huh. of the of the city and it's all in nighttime and um, the, and it's kind of like a locked door murder mystery. Not murder mystery, but just, like, there's monsters outside. I like that aspect of it. But when you get the second episode is pretty abysmal, but it has a really great ten minutes, whereas... I have trouble thinking of anything I liked about Victory of the Daleks, honestly. Um, yeah. And I know we just talked about it just a few weeks ago, but I can't. Someone go back and listen and tell me what I liked about it because I don't remember. Um, it's very because I know I... that episode. Which one? Victory of the Daleks is very brown. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's not. A, it's, it's not, not even a, like not... Uh, what I'm saying is like it's not even aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, no, it's not at all. Yeah. It's kind of gross looking um oh that was the other thing i wanted to share uh there's no reason for a space bubble to appear above this planet or this this township there's no reason for it yes it's literally just <laughs> they needed to shoot at night what do you mean yeah they needed to shoot at night and they needed to keep the characters around so that they couldn't call for unit backup um the, like it's literally like complete plot contrivance complete plot contrivance and you're like really guys really Thank you, Chibnall. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways. So, so time lash and Vic, Vincent and the Doctor next week. Uh, and then the really weird um, combination of Keeper of Trocken, which is the fourth Doctor story, and The Lodger. So that's weird. Um, so weird. And then the gloriousness of Remembrance of the Daleks. And uh, and 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 uh, the the two part series finale. Um, yes, that's uh Pandorica opens a big in the Big Bang. Like that is that's gonna be an episode. Uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm ready. Ugh, that's good. That's gonna be good. Um, yeah. And I got and I, I, I own Remembrance of the Daleks and I haven't watched it yet. So I am excited. Yeah, I'm I'm purchasing it before we um, before we do it. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm I'm going to have to do that really soon. I meant I. Um, yeah, I think the next one I'm buying. I mean, the next one, actually, I, I don't think I know the next one I'm buying is Ambassadors. Well, yeah. Because Ambassadors is really Ambassadors. Oh God, Ambassadors is so good. I'm so excited to talk about that story. That has, honest to God, I think my my favorite last scene in any Doctor Who story ever. Like, I can't think of of a last scene. This okay, Caves of Androzani is a pretty good last scene. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) but uh, but yeah, Ambassadors' death, which will be in 2013. Uh, but before that, we're gonna do the Abominable Snowmen, uh, which has nothing to do with Christmas, and then uh. Uh, a Christmas Carol, and then it'll be time for the Snowman, which is the uh, the the Christmas special for this year. So yep. stuff. To and then look we'll take a couple to. weeks off before we do Ambassadors of Death. Yes, which, vacation. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, vacation when in which we also do mind robbers and try and play catch up on that one. Right. Yeah, cuz uh, cuz that's the thing. In the meantime, you can be listening to the Mind Robbers, which is our other podcast where we talk about uh, things that aren't Doctor Who and we are coming up toward the end of the year, which can mean only one thing. Uh, we are going to be doing our uh, end of the year special in which we do our respective top 10 list for the movies of 2012 and it was a doozy and one that came out of nowhere uh like <laughs> we I, I i got to at the end i was like uh wow there's a lot of movies to see and you're like what no there's not whatever and then you checked and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's it's unholy right now and i already know that i have a bunch of movies that i'm just plain not gonna get to and it makes me really sad like really sad yeah. um <sighs> Bummer. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yes, the Mind Robbers, where we talk about all of the things, and it's a pretty good time. There should be an episode coming out eh, not soonish. We came out with one recently, but we have lives that will mean that it's going to be another week or so. I'm sorry, and a but project I- that we're working on instead of watching or reading things. Yes, and so. I'm also working on something feverishly as we speak. Anyways, um, so. <laughs> That's on top of everything else. But I'll get to that in just a minute. Scott, where can people find you? Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Twitter.com slash Scott Commentary. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, the Mind Robbers podcast. So uh, that's also where we'll talk about the thing that we're working on. Um, yes. Yes, eventually. We're, when, 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 when the ball really starts rolling. I mean, contracts are signed. It's happening. But... Uh, uh well uh, you know you don't want to count your chickens stuff could happen who knows but uh yeah <laughs> as soon as the ball's rolling and 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 stuff starts coming back in uh we'll probably announce it on the show and talk about it uh because we're we we, we probably won't shut up about it uh yeah because <laughs> but you'll hear about it on this show too just not in as much uh detail um yes yeah so uh, so check out The Mind Robbers. If you're not listening to it yet, please do it. Please do it. Please do it. Uh, yes. Matt, you have been uh, – you're, 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 you're almost done with your blog, which is insane. I am almost done with my blog, which I'll get to in a second. You can also find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gunga, and also <laughs> twitter.com slash gdcommentary. I love that you have to do things in order. I do. I'm really OCD about this. Um, <laughs> I gave I you a transition. You could have ended with Twitter. Good God. I know. I know. I could have. But I didn't. Um, <laughs> one has my personal thoughts. One has my my thoughts on live tweeting, which I will have more things live tweeting as I as I go. Uh, but yes, my blog almost done. Um, I'm honestly almost done. I'm I have the two doctors is literally getting edited as we speak, um, which is my last sixth doctor story, uh, and also impossibly underrated. One of my favorite third episodes of anything like. Oh, God, when you have an androgum walking in with a severed leg, you're in a good place. Like, you're just, you're in a good place. Um, and, oh, it's amazing. And I won't say why, because I really, Scott, I just really want you to be surprised when you get there. Um, it's wonderful. Like, the third episode really completely redeems that story, as far as I'm concerned. If you like really long entries where I talk a lot about things I really like uh, and, and don't like and posit a theory about how to make a first episode much, much better... You would like my entry on the two doctors. Um, I'm also that's basically what I'm feverishly working on right now is um, I'm getting the web planet up within the next day or two, uh, which I haven't started writing six episodes. Haven't started writing it. I'll be done in the next day or two. I'm vowing that that's going to be the case. Uh, and then keeper of Tr- not keeper of Trocken, brain of Morbius, I, fourth doctor. I was right there. Um <laughs> Brain of Morbius is going up this week as well, uh, and then I hope to have. Uh, I'm basically I've decided that when I'm not working on what we're working on, and I'm not you know dicking around on the internet, all I'm going to be doing is blogging until I get it done because my last blog goes up on Christmas Day, and God knows I don't want to be blogging on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or probably even the day before Christmas. So that is Christmas. <laughs> that's what I got Hmm. You said you said I don't want to be blogging on Christmas or Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas. Oh, did I say that? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to be blogging on the day before Christmas either. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm wrapping it up. Everything that I'm covering right now are last do- are the last stories of their respective doctors. 
Um, and a, a lot of big ones. I mean, Inferno, Seven Parts, which is my third Doctor story. Uh, Brain of Morbius and Caves of Androzani are both wonderfully four episodes, but I'm going to have a lot to say about them, I'm sure. And then Power of the Daleks is my last story. It's the second Doctor, and it's six episodes, which means that I have a lot to do. Um, so, so I'm hoping to blog an average of like two episodes a day or something and get a get a jump start so I can just get it all done because it's time. Nice. And the last couple have been really late. Um, so that's the blog, and it's almost done. So thank God you will never have to hear me talk about it again. What you will have to hear me talk about is the fact that I'm in a book. I'm in a book called Outside In, which is a Doctor Who book, edited by Robert Smith. I guess um, he, he got together. I've said this before. I'll say it again. He got together 160 writers um, and bloggers and people who write reviews. And we all wrote a, an, like an essay about a different Doctor Who story. I'm in the book. I wrote, uh, I wrote an entry on King's Demons. I don't see a penny from it. But you should read it because you like Doctor Who. And it's a lot of different perspectives on a lot of different things. It's like 450 pages. It's massive. And it'll make a great Christmas gift. Um, so or, or, or Hanukkah or Festivus, whatever you want to celebrate. Um, but, but get it. Love it. Enjoy it. It's good. You can find a copy of a, a link to the where you can buy the book uh, in the show notes for this episode. So so buy it, please. If you like Doctor Who, I mean, it's a book. If if I didn't, if I was in the book, I'd still buy it. I'd still talk about it. Like I talk about running through corridors. Um, so so get it. It's good. It's awesome. It's awesome. So yeah, woo, awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, next week we'll be back with Time Lash and Let's the Doctors. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.